Welcome to Midwest Wanderer. I'm Skip. And I'm Connie. In this episode, we're going to Little Falls, Minnesota, to the Charles Lindbergh House and Museum, which is owned and operated by the Minnesota Historical Society. We started out in the museum, where they have exhibits like some model airplanes and a flight simulator. The simulator is the same size as the Spirit of St. Louis. That's the plane that Lindbergh flew in the first solo transatlantic flight, so you can get a real feel for how small it was. Unfortunately, we didn't have time to go into the theater, but that's where they show footage of historic flights. Another thing in the museum is a 1959 Volkswagen Beetle that Lindbergh bought in Paris and drove on four continents. But what I liked most was the tour of the house. You walk over with your tour group from the museum to the house, and the house isn't really anything special as houses go. It's the stories that our guide told about Charles as a child that were intriguing. Actually, that's not the original house. The original was a three-story mansion. It had electricity, two flush toilets, which was unusual in 1901, in particular in rural Minnesota. But it burned down about four years later, when Charles was only about three years old. When they rebuilt the house that stands today, they made it much smaller without electricity. Well, that's because Charles' father by that time was elected to Congress, so they spent most of their time in Washington, D.C., And then Charles' parents separated, so it was just Charles and his mother living in the house. At that time, the house was on a 110-acre dairy farm. It wasn't all wooded like it is today. The trees came later when the adult Charles became an environmentalist and planted all of them. Well, I'll tell you, on that day, as hot as it was when we were there in July, I, for one, was thankful for the trees. As our tour guide started telling us stories, she passed around a platter of cookies. The cookies were delicious. They were. It's not surprising that they were Charles' favorite cookies that his mom, her name was Evangeline, used to bake for him. Swedish party cakes, they're called. And the folks at the Minnesota Historical Society now have a local bakery bake them for guests that tour the house. They still use Evangeline's recipe, and they shared the recipe with us. We'll have to make the cookies ourselves one of these days. Definitely. But one of the first stories we learned was how one of Charles' chores was to bring blocks of ice from the ice house and put it in the ice box. And that's because he insisted on doing it, not because he was told he had to. He was only about six years old, and the blocks of ice weighed about 50 pounds, much too heavy for him to lift. So he built a ramp on the ice house. He pushed the block of ice down the ramp into a wagon. Then he built another ramp at the house and devised a pulley system to get the ice up into the house and the icebox at six years old. He had an engineering mind from early on. Another story is about his chore of chopping wood. This one's a little bit less engineering-like. It was a cold wintry morning, and he really didn't want to go outside to chop the wood, and who can blame him? So he brought it inside and chopped it on the kitchen floor. (laughs) Today, there's still marks in the wood floor scars from him chopping the wood. I'm sure his mother wasn't too happy about that. I'm sure not. One more kitchen story. When the family would go to Washington, D.C., Charles was afraid that neighbor kids would come into the house while they were gone and play with his toys. So he hid them, and he found a great hiding place. He pried a couple of the wainscoting boards off the kitchen wall, knocked a hole right through the plaster, and hid his toys in the gap behind the wall, and then put the wainscoting boards back. It was also in this house that Charles saw his first airplane. That's right. He was playing upstairs in the attic, and he heard a noise different from any noise that he'd ever heard before. So, being curious, he climbed out the window and stood on the roof, and he looked to where the noise was coming from. A pilot was in town to do an air show. They called it barnstorming at that time, 
and he was offering rides. Well, of course, Charles wanted a ride. The cost was $5 for five minutes. That's equivalent to about $125 in today's money. Which they probably could afford, but this was one time his mother wouldn't give in. It was too dangerous. But that's when Charles got excited about planes, and of course, he never lost that excitement. How about the story of the incubators? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Charles hated school. He didn't do well. Not that he wasn't smart, he just couldn't sit still. So when he was in high school, it was during World War I, there was a program where you could skip school and still get credit if you worked on a farm to help the war effort. Well, like I said, the Lindbergh house at that time was on a small farm. So Charles decided to expand the farm, and his mom agreed. They doubled the number of dairy cows from 20 to 40 and added sheep, hogs, geese, and chickens. Charles liked raising the chickens because of the technology. He bought an egg incubator, which is actually now in the dining room. He moved the table out of the dining room, and it became the egg incubator room. Eventually, I must have been an angel. To find out how the egg incubator worked, he took it apart. Then he built five of his own wooden incubators. And he kept them in the dining room for convenience sake because every two or three hours you had to take out the crates from the incubators and turn all the eggs. And he had those for about two years and hatched about 2,000 chicks. The incubators were run on kerosene and one night one of the incubators caught on fire. Charles tried to save the eggs inside and started lifting them out. Of course they were hot and he dropped them. Today there is still a scorch mark on the floor. It's a good thing Charles slept nearby. In fact, he made the screened-in front porch his bedroom. In the summer, it was cooler there, but he slept there during the winter, too, just because he liked the outdoor feel. He bundled up, took his dog out there with them, and they kept each other warm. So there were even more stories on the tour. And we also got to try out stereoscopes, and any piano player was invited to play on the 116-year-old piano. The piano was one of the only things that survived the fire in the house. Some good Samaritans came over and wanted to help. Evangeline sent them in to save the piano. And it had been on the third floor. This was the original house. Luckily, the piano and the neighbors survived the fire. We have to talk about the car. Oh, right. After we toured the house, we went out to the garage to see the 1916 Saxon. The Saxon is the car that Charles' father bought. And by the way, his father's name was Charles also. And he bought the Saxon because it came in colors. Saxons at the time were the only car that came in any color other than black. Right, and Charles Sr. wanted to get people's attention, but he didn't want to be too flashy with an expensive car. The Saxon was a mid-range priced car. It's one of the first electric start cars, but being such new technology, it failed a lot. So it still came with a crank as a backup, which had to be used most of the time. And you put gas in on the interior of the car, in front of the passenger seat. It doesn't have a gas pump. It used gravity to move the gas from the gas tank to the engine. So it worked great if you were going straighter downhill. But uphill, it didn't do very well. So around Minnesota, it worked fine. And the thing was, Charles Sr. didn't like to drive. In fact, he thought it was unprofessional for him to drive his own car. So, 14-year-old Charles became his dad's chauffeur, drove him all over Minnesota. How about the trip to California? Right. So, Evangeline and her uncle were planning a trip to California. They were going to take the train. Well, Charles wanted to drive the car, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. The car didn't go that fast, maybe 45 miles an hour tops. And, of course, at that time, the roads were dirt. But Charles, who was just a little spoiled, got his way. So, they drove to California. Well, they got to the Rocky Mountains, and of course, they had to go uphill. Uh Uh-oh, the car doesn't go uphill. 
So what did they do? Drive backwards. Yep. Charles drove the car backwards through the uphill parts of the Rocky Mountains. I can't even imagine. So the visit to the garage was the end of our tour. I think the tour lasted about 45 minutes or so. Well worth the time. We did go across the street afterwards to the Charles Lindbergh State Park. The house used to be part of the state park as well. Right. The Lindbergh family had donated the entire 100 acres to the state. The state later gave the house part of the estate to the Minnesota Historical Society, who runs it today. The rest of it, across the street, is still a state park. We spent just a few minutes at the state park because it was hot and the mosquitoes were awful. But that's where the tenant farmer's house was. The tenant farmer took care of the farm. In reality, ran the farm when the Lindberghs were in Washington, D.C. And the house is still there, the tenant farmer house. Unfortunately, it isn't in very good shape anymore. These were just a few of the stories we learned about Charles Lindbergh's childhood, and I think that's what makes the tour so fun. It's always interesting to learn the intricacies, delve into the lives of people. I agree. After all, an old house is an old house. It's the stories of the people who live there that bring the houses to life. Oh, by the way, about 90% of what's in the house is original to the Lindbergh family. So it isn't just period furniture, it's stuff that actually belonged to the family. Some details about visiting Charles Lindbergh House Museum. It's open during the summer, Memorial Day through Labor Day, Thursday through Sunday. Again, it's in Little Falls, Minnesota, and you can find admission prices and other details on the website. Well, that brings us to the end of this Midwest Wanderer episode. Be sure to visit our website at www.midwestwanderer.com. I'm Skip. I'm Connie. Safe travels. And happy travels.